0: Take a look at this, the mayhem from the late 1960s, early 1970s, and it was mayhem. I mean, political assassinations, hijackings, riots all over the place. Kent State, they shut down universities coast to coast. And you know what? In a certain way, I kind of miss this. Now, what's there to miss? What is to miss about this? Society condemned all of it. Society, by and large, said rioting is bad. Looting is terrible property damage in the name of anything. It's wrong and we should back law enforcement That's how society viewed things Fast forward 50 years What do we have? We have vast portions of academia the media corporate America? excusing away or even ignoring the horror of what we see all around us this stuff has either been ignored or glorified Where are the standards? (laughs) We were better off in so many ways in 1970. They would have, they knew what to do about this stuff. Today, ooh, you can't say, if you say the wrong thing, somehow you're the problem. This is crazy. This is totally crazy. And look, you probably know how you're voting. Maybe you already voted. I thought I would just share with you how I came to my perspective this go around. Now, I can't officially endorse anybody, but if you watch the show, you know how I feel. We came up with this mnemonic device, liberal plus chaos equals Biden. Every letter stands for some horrible policy or some horrible personal trait of Joe Biden. Uh, But there's one thing that's not on that list that I'm actually it actually impacts my perspective very, very much. This whole question about democracy, right? Democracy, protecting democracy. I actually think that's very, very important, but not the way they say it is.
1: Our democracy, as we know it, is on the ballot. I think democracy is on the ballot.
2: Democracy is on the ballot. You know, democracy is on the ballot. In 2022, democracy is on the ballot.
0: Well, if they really believed that, they would not be censoring and trying to stifle constitutionally protected political speech. They would not be ignoring political violence from the left. I think they have very little interest in democracy, as you and I understand it. And quite frankly, here is proof. January 6th. Now, you may have seen by now, hopefully, what we've been showing you, but which really, comparatively speaking, not many Americans have seen, how individuals were allowed inside the Capitol. I do believe firmly, like this little cop, waving everybody inside. They were allowed into the Capitol to stop the objections that people had, that our representatives had, their concerns about the fairness of the 2020 election. This is not against the law. In fact, there is a law, it's called the Electoral Count Act of 1887, that provides for objections on the floor of the Congress. They let people inside, I believe, to disrupt that. The cops just standing there as everybody went by What is this about? What? And the police officers who walked away just before Ashley Babbitt was shot. Why did they decide to take a coffee break right then and there? And there they go. And a few moments later, Ashley Babbitt was killed. An unarmed woman was killed. And we have proof of that. And they had national hearings televised over a year and a half. And her name is not mentioned. This, folks... This is not democracy. This is, I would say that this is an existential threat to democracy. This is the Orwellian stuff they keep telling us about, that we're somehow perpetrating. Um, It's a dark, dark time. But I do feel like tomorrow could be very, very glorious. Don't you? Still some concerns. In fact, uh, what will they try next? What will they try next? We're going to keep our eye on this situation.
1: This is still a coordinated and collaborative effort between the San Francisco Police Department, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the U.S. Capitol Police, and our San Francisco District Attorney's Office led by D.A. Brooke Jenkins.
0: The FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the DOJ, the Capitol Police, when have they let us down before? And they're all getting together to figure out what happened at Nancy's house that night a week and a half ago. Huh. Hmm. Do we trust them? Are we really going to find out this story? Maybe it is as they say, but I do know that a lot of this has been weird. One of the reasons why I'm voting and maybe you're voting the way you're going to vote. I'll talk more about Nancy's domestic situation a little bit later in the show. But um, her, she has been a horrible speaker and I think a terrible American. Take a look at what she has done out in the open tearing up president trump's speech right behind him out to sabotage his presidency sabotage it also creating a scene in the cabinet room right there uh telling off the president of the united states thank goodness we got a very unique president who uh (laughs) did not back down to this woman uh that was That was an extraordinary scene, and then of course, you know the nonsense going to the hair salon when everybody else is at home we've all seen that, and more recently, um, fantasizing about well, punching President Trump I said
1: I would have punched him out, I would have gone to jail, and I would have been happy to do so
0: so she's one of the big reasons why I believe and I hope that Democrats are going to lose. Very, very big tomorrow. And also there is, of course, Joe Biden, who has been telling ghost stories about this country ever since he became president. Um, I mean, literally, he wants us to believe the worst, it seems like, in all of us, right? Who speaks like this?
1: The defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officer subject to the medieval hell for three hours. Dripping in blood, surrounded by carnage. Face to face with Cray's mob that believed the lies of the defeated president.
0: Dripping in blood and carnage. I mean, this is and what did he say on inauguration day, huh? What did he promise every single one of us? And what did he say about his soul?
1: Today. On this January day, my whole soul is in this bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation.
0: If he really meant it, you know what he could have done? Well, called off the impeachment, used his authority, his power as president to urge the Congress to drop the impeachment, let those January 6 people go, at least the ones who didn't hurt anybody and break anything, and tell big tech to get off the backs of conservatives but he doesn't have it in him. What does he do best? Unfortunately, he doesn't tell the truth. That's what he does. That's kind of what he's famous for.
1: Before God and all of you, I give you my word. I will always level with you.
0: Only a natural-born liar could say it like that. His lies when he was a senator, even when he was a vice president, didn't really matter all that much. But now he's the commander-in-chief. And his lies... It's life and death matter.
1: So no, no one told your military advisors to not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall.
0: You hear that little stutter? I can recall. That's the wiggle room. He thinks he's giving himself a way out for the loss in Afghanistan. Folks, can you believe this? We lost a war in Afghanistan, and nobody talks about it. This, I believe, should be a major issue of the midterm election. And when those bodies were coming off the C-17, Joe couldn't get out of there fast enough, looking at his watch. All right. And add to this, add to this corrupt leadership, I do believe it's corrupt, we have crime all over the place. And look at what we saw this weekend, Chicago. Chicago had 37 shots. In a weekend, five fatally. Philadelphia, there was a mass shooting there. Nine people were shot. You know, what's really sad about this is we know how to prevent this stuff. Rudy Giuliani, in the 90s, he did an amazing job. Mayor Bloomberg and his police commissioner, Ray Kelly, my father, even went further reducing crime to unthinkable levels and thwarting 16 terrorist plots. And now where are we? A guy grabs an axe, trashes a McDonald's, terrorizes everybody in there, and is released from jail within hours. Hours. And here he is, that same guy, conducting interviews with the media. Uh, This has got to stop. It's an emergency. So that's on my list, too. Where where are we right now? Uh, Afghanistan, uh, Pelosi's behavior, Biden's lies, and also this. I don't think anybody should be judged on the color of their skin or their gender. I don't care if it's a pansexual uh, Hispanic 16-year-old or, yes, a white woman like this individual in St. Louis. Do you remember this story? Some guy she did not recognize was trying to come into her condominium complex. So she did what you're supposed to do. Say, who are you? Excuse me, you're not allowed in here. I'm not letting you in. It's a reasonable response. And they made her national news. The confrontation caught on video a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. On the evening news, are you kidding me? A woman has an argument. Let me see that woman again. The problem is she's white. And the guy happened to be black. This is craziness. This is insanity. We should not be judging anybody for the color of their skin. And an argument, an argument about going inside a building, and it's like open season on certain people of certain races and certain gender. And I'm actually focusing tonight on white women. I do think that they are, (laughs) they've got the worst of it right now. If they report that they feel threatened, they're canceled. It's an African American man. I am in Central
1: Park. He is recording me, threatening myself and my dog. I'm sorry, I can't hear clearly. I'm being threatened by a man in the Ramble. Please send the cops immediately.
0: That's Amy Cooper. She was ultimately arrested, charged. She had her life ruined. Her employer fired her. And everything she said right there was a thousand percent accurate. Everything. She was threatened. And she was threatened by this man who was taking a video of her. His name is Cooper as well. And um, the problem here is that she's white and he's black. She's being unfairly judged for the color of her skin, I believe, and for her gender. So what happened to her? I told you she lost everything. And this guy who actually did threaten the dog and her gets his own TV show. Yeah, no kidding. The celebrity that came with this uh, situation, he's got an upcoming show on the National Geographic Network, uh, Extraordinary Birder. Isn't that wild? You know, so this is not the kind of country I want to live in, right? I think we need some real change. And it's up to us. Now, Washington, D.C., we get to choose who goes there, right? We do. It is up to us. It's not CNN's call. The power is really with the people. I hope everything goes smoothly. You know, ever see the movie The Verdict? It came out in the early 1980s with Paul Newman. Um, It's a great movie. Uh, Paul Newman is kind of this down-and-out lawyer. He's got a good case, a client, a great case, a lawsuit, but he's up against the establishment, and they are lying and cheating every step of the way. And they pulled the rug out from under him. So he goes to the jury, and he says something just extraordinary. And I think it's kind of applicable this election day. Take a look.
1: But well, today you are the law. You are the law. Not some book, not the lawyers, not a, a marble statue or the trappings of the court. See, those are just symbols of our desire to be just. They are, they are in fact a prayer. We I mean, a fervent and a frightened prayer
0: isn't that something? It's not up to some panel on TV. It's not up to some pollster. It's up to us. It's up to the people. If everything goes smoothly tomorrow, it's up to us. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thought. And By the way, this movie is worth seeing. And you know who you see in this scene? I'm not kidding. That's Bruce Willis in the background. Yes, Bruce Willis, when he was first starting out, was a, an extra In the verdict. How about that? All right, stay with us. Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri, is getting some heat. He doesn't deserve it. Uh, We'll tell you what's going on. We'll be right back. All right, that is what it looks like, a bullet hole in the window of this man. His family was there. This individual is Pat Harrigan, and he's a Republican congressional candidate in North Carolina. Uh, A competitive race, and a lot of us think this is probably an act of political violence. It's still under investigation. They are messing with the wrong guy, though, Pat Harrigan, a combat veteran of Afghanistan. However, his family, uh, I don't think they've been there. This has got to be a very, very tense uh, situation for Pat Harrigan. Let's meet him right now, the Republican U.S. congressional candidate for North Carolina's District 14. Sir, welcome to uh, Newsmax. How you doing? Greg, I'm great. Hey, thanks for having me tonight. Hey, by the way, I'll point out, this kind of became public uh, by accident. You didn't publicize it. It, My understanding is the story was broken because your opponent started to do some damage control behind the scenes, pulling ads off the uh, air that featured your home. Is that correct?
3: No, I think it was kind of the other way around. There was a break in, in the reporting, but it was due to trying to maintain the confidentiality of the investigation. I don't want to do anything that would get in the way of federal law enforcement's investigation of what was going on and I needed to provide for the safety of my family. But uh, no, our team, our team directed the information out. And you are correct uh, that after that information did get out, the story did break. Uh, my opponent did tear down his ads.
0: All right. The ad featured a home that you own. And that would seem to be a little bit much as far as political advertising. However, You know it has been done before do you think this was an act of political violence directed at you
3: look let me lead you through this whole thing because in in totality I, i absolutely do and i'll tell you why as soon as i won the primary my opponents started lying about me and i'm not talking about like ordinary political lies that politicians tell i'm talking about vile nasty lies i'm in the defense industry i have a couple companies that manufacture firearms My opponent is saying and has said throughout this entire election that I profit from the deaths of children, reprehensible lies, among other things. That's just an example. And that led to kind of a cascading series of events that happened throughout this election where I received a credible death threat. Uh, My opponent filmed that ad at one of my homes that that you mentioned uh, effectively doxing me to the entire world. Uh, He's filed a complaint with pictures of my kids in it leading up to then just a few weeks ago, as my parents were sitting on their couch at 11 o'clock at night, uh, a shot flew through one of their windows only 20 feet away from where my kids were sleeping. Uh, look, as a former Green Beret, I live my life on the percentages and I do not believe in coincidence. And if you're asking, Pat, uh, is that hole in your parents' window if you weren't running for Congress right now? I would tell you that hole would not be in that window.
0: No, it makes sense. Uh, it's still under investigation. I'm sorry your family went through that. Um, but we have an election for you tomorrow. Sure do. <laughs> and and it's, uh, it's a competitive race. You're up against this uh, state senator. We just referred to him, Jeff Jackson. Um, look, you may have seen my show before. I'm rooting for you, but do me a favor. Make your case.
3: Yeah, look. The whole reason that we're even having this conversation about this bullet going through the window is because my opponent is so desperate to not talk about the things that actually matter to Americans and to the people of the 14th district in this election that he's willing to say and do anything to avoid talking about inflation, the economy, rampant crime in our streets, declining educational outcomes for our kids, the disaster at the southern border, just to name a few. He's scared to debate. He's scared to act, and he is scared to admit that he would make inflation worse in Congress. And I'll tell you, Jeff Jackson's brand of politics has led to runaway inflation, economic ruin, rampant crime, and the potential for very serious political violence. We cannot afford to let this man get to Congress. I'm focused on fixing the economy, stopping inflation, and keeping our streets safe. And I invite everyone who's listening to this to stand with me in doing that.
0: All right, terrific. This is the uh, District 14, that's uh, Western Charlotte. Do me a favor, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about that area, what's unique about it, and uh, then I'll say something about you. Sure,
3: so District 14 is actually a new and open district that North Carolina picked up uh, this election cycle. So we've only ever had 13 congressional representatives. We now have 14. Uh, This race encompasses basically the Southern half of Charlotte, and two-thirds of Gaston County uh, immediately to the west. It's a very unique district because you know Gaston County is kind of more rural, uh, very red, and obviously Charlotte is uh, blue, but the southern half of Charlotte is really very purple. And so you know this race in kind of a microcosm represents all of America uh, in a very small district and so it's a really unique opportunity at this particular time in our nation's history. Uh, to, I think, straddle the gap and stand in the gap uh, to represent this district up in Washington.
0: You're a West Point graduate. What did you major in? I was a nuclear engineer. Oh, wow. Uh, that's uh, that's heavy lifting. Uh, well, look, good luck tomorrow. And I um, hope you, I'm rooting for you. And uh, final thoughts. Greg,
3: thanks so much. Here's what I'll tell you. Everybody needs to get out and vote. From our early voting numbers, we are in a position to win this election. And there's a lot of Republicans like me that are in you know, purple to bluish districts that can win tomorrow. This is what I'm telling everybody in my district. Hey, I spent 18 months in Afghanistan. Please do me the honor of taking 18 minutes to go vote tomorrow. The future of the country depends on it. Please, 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 wherever you are, go vote.
0: Wow. That's uh, that's one closing statement. By the way, we were in Afghanistan at the same time. I was there for three days, so I can't I just just passing through. It was a very quick you were trip. there. And, Thanks for going. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Good luck tomorrow. Best of your family. Pat Harrigan, Republican, congressional candidate down there in North Carolina's 14th. And we'll be right back. Josh Hawley. Republican from Missouri, U.S. Senator. I think the guy is great. And the more heat that comes down on him, the more usually he's right. Take a look at this.
3: In Joe Biden's America, we've got a military that is more interested in pronouns than in winning wars. We've got an FBI, an FBI that is more interested in treating parents as domestic terrorists than in prosecuting real terrorists. Did you ever think you'd live to see the day In the United States of America, where if you want to go to a school board meeting that, by the way, you pay for, for a school that you pay for, to go talk about the things that your children are learning, if you want to do that and speak up, you get treated as a domestic terrorist? What country is this? That's Joe Biden's America.
0: He's totally right, especially about the military. The military, our military, has so lost its focus. We have real national security experts who fear the U.S. military could lose to China in the next war. It could happen. Now, the backlash for Josh Hawley has been pretty intense because he never served in uniform and he wasn't in the FBI. But you know what? That's what makes him so great, actually, that he's not afraid to take on these massive bureaucracies. The military, the FBI, they serve the people. It's not the other way around. That's the way the swamp wants it. Take a look at these uh, tweets from deep in D.C. Oh, Michael Hayden. I was almost 40 years in the military. This man from Missouri is a disgrace, period. Now, number one, why is that? Because he's raising the alarm about a lack of preparedness This is uh, from Hayden. Uh, He was uh, CIA director and he was in the Air Force for a long time. This person says, why is it okay for Republicans to disrespect our troops? Because this is 1 million percent disrespectful to the people who are currently serving to keep Josh Hawley's big mouth safe. Again, they use the military. They use cops. They use the FBI. They hide behind them as they get these institutions to do their bidding. God bless Josh Hawley for not being intimidated by any of this stuff. Again, the bureaucracies, the military, they work for us, not the other way around. Uh, but uh, they're relentless.
1: Boy, uh, I'll well, tell you what. Uh, that, that's the insurrectionist, the uh, Josh Hawley. Thing ever. Uh, the, a thing disappointment. Is, the thing is, uh, the just. Republicans used to support the United States military. Um, used to support the fbi used to support law enforcement and this is what's so crazy they lose one election they lose one election and suddenly he's mr insurrection they turn on the military they turn on madisonian democracy they turn on law enforcement they talk about defunding the fbi
0: it's it's really just crazy It's not crazy this is democracy the people are in charge and when the fbi goes too far like breaking into a president's house or surveilling people at a school board meeting or keeping the russia collusion hoax going for two years uh that's a problem that's a real problem and we are worried about the preparedness of our military they these people the swamp They hide behind the men and women in uniform or the men and women of the State Department. Ever hear that? They love saying the men and women as if somehow that's, I don't know, the men and women of Washington, D.C. are better than the rest of us. The men and women of the Department of Defense
2: the
1: flexibility, and the professionalism of the men and women of the U.S. military.
0: My faith and confidence in the great work of the men and women of the FBI. The men and women of the Department of Homeland Security. The men and women of uh, the State Department. Uh, Also known as bureaucrats. I'm sorry, they don't get special status, but the language of the swamp says that they do. I'm not signing up for that. I'm really glad that Josh Hawley isn't either. Um, The FBI also, by the way, ignoring real violence, violence that's been perpetrated by the left. But everybody's fixated on nonviolence coming from the right.
3: And now to rising voting threats. Intelligence officials say
1: extremists could target election related infrastructure, personnel or even voting sites. What authorities are paying close attention to is the potential that domestic extremists could attack down the stretch to the midterm elections. What's driving the anger, the hot button issues that divide us and the potential of violence from radicals who embrace that lie that there's widespread election fraud, the kind of people who attacked on January 6th. Many people are raising the possibility <clears throat> of violence actually at the polls. And I think people are scared. You see people- People armed, standing there at the poles watching. That's scary stuff. Man. I think it's, it's very scary.
0: Oh, very scary. The potential. It's always the potential. Something could happen. There's a, there's a sense, or the DHS has put out another bogus warning about threats from the right. What about the actual violence that is happening right now that's coming from the left that is uninvestigated by the FBI or ignored or just left alone? Let's go through it. There have been scores of these. May 5th, a pregnancy resource center, a pro-life facility, uh, firebombed, no arrests. And it goes on. uh, These facilities have been attacked all across the country. Um, uh, Portland, Oregon, Buffalo, New York, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, we believe, actually I believe, that this is because, well, uh, the folks in the Biden administration are okay with this. Because their base, the woke left, they're okay with it. It's, um, and Republicans have been targeted. You know about Justice Kavanaugh and Zeldin and all this stuff. I think they actually like it. I do. The left. And that's really, uh, that's really regrettable. And it's not just the crazy left. It's members of Congress. This guy, Jim Clyburn. Guy has lost his mind, everybody. Take a look at this. He thinks Republicans are right up there with Nazis.
1: The facts are very clear. I've studied history all of my life. Okay. I taught history. And I'm telling you, what I see here are parallels to what the history was okay. uh, in this world uh, back in the 1930s. So, Congressman in then. In Germany, in Italy.
2: Okay. are are voters, though, out there listening to this message to infer
0: from what you're saying, that if they don't vote for Democrats in this election, that they are somehow supporting something akin to the rise of Hitler?
1: No, if they don't vote against election deniers, if they don't vote against liars, people who lie, know full well they're lying. We all know they're lying.
0: Well, um, how does he know that? in his hawaiian shirt what did he put on television like that um voting for somebody who does not have faith that the 2020 election was on the up and up will bring on concentration camps does he know what he's saying no of course he doesn't of course he doesn't if he wants to dig into history though find out that um, there are still buildings and highways named after franklin delano roosevelt And he was an instrumental figure in not allowing Jews into America who were facing extermination in Europe. And the New York Times ignored the story. The New York Times famously turned a blind eye to all of this or at times excused some of it. Mr. Clyburn should um, brush up. Or start listening to Mark Levin on the radio. He's terrific. Uh, take a look at this, if you would, please. Uh, Joe Biden yesterday just all over the place as usual. No more
1: drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new new drilling.
0: Yeah, he got into it with a heckler. You would think 50 years in politics, he'd be better at handling situations like this. He tells New Yorkers no more drilling at another event the day earlier in New Mexico. He says uh, we haven't slowed them down at all. There should they should be drilling more than they're doing now. Biden said if they were drilling more, we'd have more relief at the pump. He is all over the place. And you know who really bothers me for a lot of reasons? Also, he picked. Joe Biden. Yeah, Barack.
1: A fair economy that gives working people a fair shot. That's on the ballot. Fundamental rights are on the ballot. Truth and facts and logic and reason and basic decency are.
0: Wow, that was a little Reverend Wright. He went a little Reverend Jeremiah Wright on us. Well, what's on the ballot in Pennsylvania? Uh, Fetterman is on the ballot, okay? <laughs> a, a socialist uh, who can't talk. And uh, I took that as a big signal that somebody doesn't want this guy to win. And oh, by the way, Barack Obama can't fill an arena. How about this for a little optical trick? You see? You see? They crammed them all into one-third of the arena to make it look like he sold it out. Oh, boy. Huh? Talk about trickery. Hey, Nancy Pelosi, on the eve of the election, is speaking to Anderson Cooper. And what is she doing? She's saying that whatever happened in her house is directly tied to January 6th. Imagine that. Election Day is tomorrow. And listen to what Nancy is telling Anderson, there's Anderson. Uh, Nancy's there too, we'll be right back. But here's the deal. I'm not a politician, I'm a surgeon. And what surgeons do is tackle big problems. And we do it successfully, in my case, fixing broken hearts by working with everybody by making sure we unify people in the operating room, not divide them. The same will work for our nation. So I'm gonna ask you to do something, to be brave. Wow, what a closing speech for Dr. Oz. Uh, The guy can fix a heart. He's good friends with Congressman Guy Reschenthaler, Republican of Pennsylvania. Uh, You've been stumping for him hard, and I know he's very, very appreciative of the support. I think that kind of works somehow. I never would have thought an operating room analogy, but it makes sense to me. What do you think, Guy?
2: Well, Greg, I think that Dr. Oz is gonna win this race. And yeah, I've said it since December of last year. I was the first elected official to endorse Dr. Oz, going back to the days of the primary. And I think Dr. Oz is gonna win for a lot of reasons, but what's at stake here is really the future of the conservative movement. I tell Dr. Oz this uh, to his face. I think that he has the potential to be the next great communicator, just like Ronald Reagan. That's why we need him so badly in the Senate, because we need we need better messaging. We need people that are like Dr. Oz, that are good on TV. And so he's gonna not only win this seat, I think he wins probably by two or 3%. I'm very bullish on this race, Greg. But I think then he becomes the center uh, of the Republican Party in terms of messaging and out- outward facing Uh, to get our message across to voters. Uh, Let's face
0: it, his opponent has had a pretty rough go of it. Fetterman, although he was propped up literally by Joe Biden and Barack Obama together, uh, I kind of thought this was after his performance in the debate. I think we might have some video of these. There we go. Look at them all there. Everybody knows that Fetterman is not up to this job. I mean, we all saw it in that debate. You're a legislator. Uh, Fetterman is not. I mean, you got to be able to think and talk and read, and I, it seems like he's having trouble with those things.
2: Well, I, I feel bad that Fetterman had, had a stroke, but I, I think that focusing on his health is not what's going to win this race. Fetterman may or may not be up for the job. It's his ideology that is so scary. This is a guy that's just too radical, Greg, for Pennsylvania. He wants to release literally one-third of all prisoners in the state of Pennsylvania, he's already released 10,000 in his role as lieutenant governor. He wants to do, a, do away with second-degree murder and release all those individuals who are convicted of second-degree murder back on the streets. He wants to legalize all drugs, not, not just marijuana, all drugs. And this is when Pennsylvania is going through a fentanyl pandemic. So this man is way too radical, way too extreme. If Dr. Oz and Republicans continue to focus on The fact that he's so radical rather than his health, we're going to win. But I've been saying this. The health issue is a double-edged sword. For every vote we get because people think that Fetterman is just not capable, Fetterman gains a vote because people have sympathy for him. Huh.
0: All right. I won't mention another word about it, but, I mean, you can kind of. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And he is radical. And, by the way, you're in Pennsylvania. Tell me about this Braddock, this town of Braddock, I've seen report after report that talks about, oh, how he lived in a loft and made a 100 bucks a year. But Braddock still looks like, you know, kind of a sketchy town. Sorry. And he was getting money from his parents. Anyway, your perspective.
2: So so Braddock, Braddock is a former steel town. There's a steel mill still there. Uh, by the way, Fetterman's policies would probably make it harder to produce steel in Pittsburgh, but that's beside the point. But he did, not, he did not turn Braddock around. It's still in really bad shape. It still has high crime rates. It still has high poverty rates. So to say that he came into this small town and revitalized it, this is a myth. Uh, and when he was the mayor of Braddock, he was living off his parents' largesse. This is a guy that didn't have a real job until he was 49 and got elected to be the lieutenant governor. So this this parading around in shorts and hoodies, is, he's is making a mockery of everyday voters. He's doing this to mock us. This guy was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He went to Ivy League schools, and he now all of a sudden thinks that he's going to look blue-collar because he has some tattoos and a beard and is in a hoodie. It's insulting to the voters in Pennsylvania.
0: The election is tomorrow, and uh, you know who uh, I'm rooting for. Uh, thank you very much, Congressman Guy Reschenthaler. Great to see you tonight. Um, Good friend of Dr. Oz's and a big supporter, the earliest one in elected office. Thank you, and we'll be right back. Thank you, Greg. Well, folks, tomorrow we'll have special election coverage, and it should be awesome. Uh, I will be home, actually, watching it on TV. I'm an opinion guy. They take people like me off the air just for the night. Uh, So enjoy the coverage, and uh, let's hope we get our country back. I'll see you Wednesday. All the best.